0: I hope to inspire you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fully Free Podcast. Today, we are talking about handling sales objections. So specifically, this objection, as they call it, of I don't have the money. What do you do when somebody reaches out to you and says, oh my gosh, I really, really want to work with you, but I don't have the money? Or what do you do when someone books that sales call with you? And it seems like they're a great fit. You could really help them. They are saying how much they love you, how excited they are to work with you. But then they put that um, truth bomb (laughs) that they do not have the money to invest right now. What do you do? Now, I love talking about this because so many people teach a very different method of handling, as they call it, objections than I do. Because here's the truth, you guys, I am not a sales queen. (laughs) Never was a sales queen, still I'm not a sales queen. I am a sales queen with my marketing. I can write a post that sells, I can write a post that attracts the right person. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the beginning, I was working with coaches who were teaching very standard ways of sales, which is fine, it's normal, (laughs) it's normal. It's what most coaches teach, it's what most salespeople teach. And I did not get into business to be a professional salesperson. And I did not get into business to hard sell, especially hard sell people who do not have the money. And I'll tell you, if you're a coach and you've ever worked with somebody, or maybe you've been in this position, let's be honest, um, where you know someone invests in you and they're all excited and they want to learn from you, of course, but they just spent so much money that now it's really hard for them to focus and implement the coaching because they can't stop thinking about the fact that now they're in so much debt or now they may not be able to pay their bills or, you know, what are people going to think when they find out what a stupid decision they made? And they're just counting down the seconds for results to show up to prove to themselves that they're not stupid or dumb and, or crazy. (laughs) And any clients I've ever had in a, a position anywhere similar to that where the money investment just stressed them out, it was really, really hard for them to get out of their own way and get results. And I don't want my clients, especially in my high end private coaching program, to be in that position. You know, since um, October 2016, I've been charging a five figure fee. So in 2016, Um, and most of 2017, I charged $10,000 to work with me. The end of 2017, I raised to 20,000 and now this year we're at, um, a 30,000 price point. And I don't want people spending that much money if it's going to hold them back. That is stupid. That is crazy. So I really want to be working with people who have the money. That's why we are taking this conversation in a different direction. I'll tell you how I handle these objections because I do get these messages in my inbox all the time. I get messages from people like this, um, every single month, sometimes even every single week where it's like, I don't have the money or I have no clue where the money's going to come from, or I'm going to manifest the money or, you know, can I get advice on how to make the money? I get messages like that all the time too. But, um, I'm going to tell you how I handle those, but I just think it's important to understand that I don't, I don't at least want people in my high end programs that, them spending that level of money is going to hinder their results because it's going to get them so much in their own way. You know, when I invested in my first coach, I did put it on a credit card. I did go into debt. Um, I maxed out a credit card and, um, then I invested in another coach where I had to go into debt more and I still wasn't making money. And while it was somewhat stressful and of course scary. And I was worried that I was just, you know, crazy it wasn't to the point where it was hindering my results. It was motivating me. And I think it's so important for people. So if, if you're someone in this position, and I still have to ask myself this, no matter what investment I make, I will tell people, This is how I respond to things like this. If somebody is, is actually contemplating, you know, Taylor, I want to work with you. I really don't have the money. I could go into debt. I could get a credit card or a loan or borrow the money from someone. Do you think I should? I will literally tell them, If you think doing so is going to motivate you to make more money, do it. If you think doing so is going to stress you out and you are going to worry day in and day out about how you're going to make this money back, don't do it. And I tell people that all the time. I'm not afraid to lose a client if it means I'm sending someone away who wouldn't get results anyway and who wouldn't thrive. We want clients who are going to thrive in our coaching programs, not who are going to pay us. Yes, we want to be paid. Yes, we want to make money. There is no shame in that. I love charging high end rates. I love getting the big payments. I will celebrate that all day long. No shame. I love hitting my goals, increasing my income, but it's, it, it, it makes it easier to love it so much and celebrate it shamelessly and shot it from the rooftops and just be so proud and excited and over the moon about it when you know your clients are thriving in those containers. It's not just you thriving. So, anyway how do I handle objections? You may say that I don't, (laughs) and I will talk to people about the money. I will. Um, actually my client, as I'm recording this, I just signed my first $30,000 client. Hey, and, um, we talked not necessarily through objections, but I had a money conversation with her and I'll, I'll tell you about that. But the thing is, is if someone comes to my inbox and they say, Taylor, I cannot wait to work with you one day. I don't try to pitch them and be like, well, why are you waiting? I hate that. Um, and I was taught to do that and it's just icky to me. So if they say, I can't wait to work with you one day, I say, I can't wait to work with you either. And I leave it at that. I can't wait to work with you either. I don't try to pitch them. I don't try to convince them that they're, they're keeping themselves from their goals or they're holding themselves back. If they if they have the vision they're working me in the future, cool. I hope they sign up in the most perfect timing for them where they're going to thrive. Because I bet if I push them into the container right now, they probably wouldn't thrive. Because fear is one of the hardest things to get over. And if they come into this container freaking out that they didn't make the right decision because the decision didn't come from them, that's the key here. We want our clients to be making the decision from them. We want them to know that they made the decision to do this. They said yes to this. And not only are your clients going to thrive, always, you're going to have a way lower complaint rate, refund rate. um, You're going to have way less stressful calls, better client results. It's just going to be so much better all around. This is what we want. We want empowered clients who are making the decision themselves. So, if they say, I can't wait to work with you. I say, I can't wait either. Okay. If they tell me they really want to work with me, but they have no clue how I say, I would love to work with you in, when it's the right time. And if you ever want to have a conversation about how, like, if you really do want to talk about the money I'm here for it, just let me know. I just offer, I don't push, I offer if somebody tells me they're going to manifest the money, which I know in the coaching industry is one of people's just, they just hate that. And I, I, it annoys me too. I won't lie. It annoys me. It's like, Oh my gosh, really? That's not how it works. (laughs) But if they say that, I say, awesome. I can't wait to work with you when it's the perfect timing. So If someone books a call with me, so I don't know, you guys, there's so many ways you can have your sales process work. That's not what this is about. Um, but if somebody books a call with me and they mark on my form that they do not have the money, which on my application form, I give the price of the program and I ask them yes or no, can you afford this? If they say no, I will email them back ready to cringe with me and cancel the call. Okay, I cancel the call. This goes against what most salespeople will tell you—if not all salespeople, they would freak out if they heard me say this. I cancel the call. I don't have time, and you know, now I have a baby. But even before I had a baby, I don't have the time or energy to talk to somebody that doesn't have the money. When I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what the conversation is going to look like. And I have on my form: Taylor only accepts clients who are ready to invest. So what this means is I think it's in the best, both of our best interests. If we get on the phone, when they have the money ready, then I think that they can make the decision, not based on the money, but based on if it's an aligned fit, like go get the money. If you know, you want to invest in mentorship, go get the money to do so. And then let's talk. And then we can make sure it's an aligned fit. I don't ever push people to do my program again. I don't want any clients who are not happy and who are not thriving. But I'm not gonna waste my time before I know that somebody is serious, okay? So I will cancel the call. How do I do this? Two ways, maybe three. First one is if they're not a good fit, I just tell them, hey, I read over your form. I don't think that I'm the right coach for you. Um, I may recommend a couple coaches to them. I may not. Or I may just say like, if I were you, I would go look for a coach who specializes in something like da, 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 not my specialty. If they're a great fit for something else in my business, I will say, Hey, I loved reading your application. Um, I would love to support you in your business. I noticed that you don't have the money right now to invest in high-end coaching. And I also noticed that you sound like the you know, perfect fit for my program Unleash would this be something you'd be interested in hearing about? I can email you the details or sometimes I'll just email them the link straight to it and say, you know, doors are closed right now to this program. But if you want to join in the next couple of days, I I'm more than happy to sneak you in here because it's the absolute perfect fit for you. If they are a perfect fit for one-on-one, but they don't have the money, this is, this is the hardest for people to grasp. I will email them and tell them, you know, I read through your form. It sounds like this one-on-one coaching together would be an amazing fit. I'd love to help you in your business. I could see us working on this, this, and this. Unfortunately, I have a boundary where I don't take calls with people who are not ready to invest. Um, so for now I'm going to cancel our call. However, I would love to chat with you soon. So if you do want to talk about the money via you know, email and figure out how you can get the money, I'm open to doing so. Um, or if you want to go figure that out and come back, that would be amazing. Now, people are scared to do this because they don't want to come across as um, the B word. <laughs> and some people probably do get that email and are you know, ticked off at me for it. But I have had many people come back and appreciate it and come back ready and come back empowered and come back making that decision themselves. And I didn't have to waste my time on a call, spending an hour, because my sales calls are longer as well. I've, I've had sales, salespeople go, you spend way too long on these sales calls. Because by the time I'd get to the whole objection process, I'd be an hour into a call. Because I'm not on that call to talk about money. <laughs> I'm on that call to talk about your business and your marketing and your messaging and your ideal client and your story and I don't take on clients unless I feel like I could go out and market their business for them. That's not what I do. But if I feel like I could not go out and make six figures for them, I'm not going to take them on. That's what I do with every client. So I'm looking, do they have a story? Do they have results? You know, do I believe in their product? Are they confident? Um, do they have a strong message? Is their ideal client out there? Like I'm thinking as if I was going to buy their business. So it's an hour in. And I still want to know more, but I've got to talk about objections and money. Like it just doesn't, I don't have time for that, especially now, but not even before. And the thing is, is when you realize that there are people out there who are ready to go right now with the money, perfect fits, which a lot of you are not believing, you'll realize you don't have the time. That's why I didn't have the time. I don't have the time because there's somebody right there who is the most perfect fit for my program and has the money and is ready to go. Okay, so I cancel the call. I do so with love, but I also do so with respecting my own boundary. And I wanna get on that call and I wanna go so deep into their business and get so excited with them and then be able to make that decision from an aligned place, not from a oh, it's a lot of money, I don't know how I'm gonna get it, it's gonna be stressful. Not my style. Okay. Now, will I talk with somebody about objections? Will I talk about talk to somebody when they have money fear? Or when they don't know where the money's going to come from. Yes. I teach this in my sales course. I call this the BFF method. If somebody asks for help or when I offer and they're like, that would be amazing if I could talk to you. I actually don't do so on the phone. I'll do so via email and I'll do so via messenger. I'll send voice notes. I'll text. I, if you're listening to this and you want some help, I'm more than open. Probably won't get on the phone with you because I don't love to have tons of calls on my calendar. It's just a boundary but I'll chat with you in messenger. I'll chat with you via email and I'll talk to them as if I was their friend. I like to do it this way because I'm not thinking about, you know, if they're a good fit, what their business is. I'm thinking here's somebody who wants to level up in their life, take a, um, very scary, big step and invest in themselves. And they're scared and they don't know if they should, and they don't know where the money's going to come from. I have a biz bestie if she came to me in this situation, I wouldn't try to sell her and I wouldn't question, I wouldn't go through all these objections and I wouldn't be mean to her. I'm like, I wouldn't try to convince her that she's wasting her time or holding herself back. I would, I would see that this is my best friend ready to level up and doing something that's scary. And with love, I would say, do you want to talk about it? How do you think that's going to go? how do you think you could get the money? You know? So sometimes people don't have the money. Okay. Well, let's, if this was my best friend, I wouldn't say, well, you know, you're self sabotaging or you're wasting your time. Or I I would say, okay, you don't know how you don't have the money. Do you want to brainstorm ways that you could get the money? Have you looked into this? Have you looked into that? How do you, and I wouldn't do it with attachment because I don't care if she does it. I just care if she feels like she can do what she wants because she's my best friend. I want her to feel, you know, freedom and possibility and excitement, not limitation. So all I care about is getting her to the point of being like, okay, cool. I have some options or, Ooh, I actually could do that. I bet that could work. I want her to feel like that. She's my best friend. That's why I call it the BFF method. So if they say they don't have the money, but they actually, they're like, I don't have the money. I I need help with this. Or when I offer, they're like, can we talk about it? Okay, cool. Let's brainstorm how I will normally reply to that. Um, which is a, which is a conversation I just had with my newest client. I said, you know, would it be helpful to hear how most of my clients pay for their coaching? She said, yes. And I just told her, so most of my clients pay in these few ways. I've noticed a trend in how my clients tend to pay. I've seen many different ways, um, work. And I just gave them to her, gave her different resources, told her different things to look for. And I also told her the statement I told you earlier, where it's like, if, if that feels like it's going to motivate you, let's do it. If it feels like it's not, it's going to stress you out. Let's not. But here's options. And she utilized them. If someone comes to me and says, I need to talk to my husband, this objection is hard because I'm not a relationship coach and I actually don't share finances with my husband. We keep things very separate. It works for us, especially me having a business. And it just, that's how we've always been. It just works for us. We talk money. We know how much money each other makes. We know how much money is in each other's bank accounts. We know what we spend money on, but we don't, we don't go to each other for permission on anything like that. It just, that's just what works for us. We're both very financially responsible. So, um, I don't resonate with, I need to ask my husband. I don't even know what that would be like. But if it was my best friend, I don't care that I don't get it. So when I was learning these, you know, overcoming objections from sales coaches, they would tell me how to handle that. And it felt so weird because it's like, but I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get what it would be like to have to do that. I don't get, like, and I don't feel like it's my place. I'm not a relationship expert. I don't, you know, especially because when I was learning from this, I just had a boyfriend I just moved in with. Like that was my relationship status. (laughs) And I was talking to people who, you know, have been married for 20 years. It's like, what, you know, I don't have the right. I don't have the right to talk to people about their relationship. But if it was my best friend, I wouldn't care that I didn't get it. I wouldn't care that I was just, you know, some chick living with her boyfriend and my best friend was married to her husband for five or 10 years or whatever. I would just support her with love. I wouldn't give her advice that I wasn't qualified to give, but I would support her with love. I need to talk to my husband. How do you feel about that? How do you think that's going to go? What are you thinking of saying? Oh, you don't even know how to approach it? Okay, well, what are some options? What, like, you know, Here's an idea. How do you think that would go? Not, I'm the most professional person in the world that knows everything, and here is how you should approach talking to your husband, even though I'm a 20-year-old that just moved in with her boyfriend. Like, that's how I felt, you guys. that was the truth. Um, and if the roles were reversed, I would have been like, who is this chick telling me how to talk to my husband? <laughs> but anyway, you guys, I approach it with love and I approach it as a best friend. If they say they're not sure if it's the right time, okay, cool. If this was my best friend saying, gosh, I really feel like I want to do this, but I'm not sure if it's the right time, I wouldn't pressure her into doing it. I would say, okay, why well, might it not be the right time? Why may it? What could go wrong? What could go well? Let's do pros and cons. What's your soul telling you? What's your gut telling you? And I would let them talk and let them feel it out and support them through the process. Okay. You guys, again, I'm doing this because I want clients who are ready and empowered. Now, I'll tell you, I did say that I get these objections a lot, but the way I approach it, I'm not giving it much energy. And when I was doing these, um, you know, scripts and overcoming objections that sales coaches were teaching me, I was spending so much time and and, um, energy on the phone with people and in messenger and in my inbox, you know, helping them with objections and going nowhere fast. And it was so draining and so tiring and so uncomfortable. And I also felt very out of, out of integrity, maybe you would say, like I was saying, it just didn't feel like my place. And it was such a waste of time. Now, the way I do it, I feel like people feel more love from me, more honesty from me, more respect from me, and more space to make their own empowered decision. And I would much rather invest in a coach that's not afraid to lose the sale if it means helping another human being, another woman, making an aligned, empowered decision. And and, I mean you know, not to toot my own horn, but when I hear that, I'm in admiration over that statement because I feel like that's a a very powerful version of leadership. And I think a lot of the sales teachings out there are teaching us how to, um, just get the sale. And sometimes it's taught from a good place of helping someone overcome their fear and doing what they want to do, even though it's scary. And I admire that. But a lot of the time it's just masked as that. And what it really is, is helping their clients get as many sales as possible. So they get a good testimonial. And, you know, people have been hurt by pushy sales tactics. Now, if you're like, yeah, that's me, I've wasted my money. And I had someone, you know, convince me to take out a credit card. Listen, we want empowered clients. We need to be empowered clients. So, you know, I've made investments that I somewhat regret, like not really regret at this point, but when I look back, I'm like, okay, if that was me now, I would not do that. <laughs> Here's the thing though. If you are, if you want empowered clients, you need to be an empowered client and you need to take responsibility that, you know, unless they stole your information, took out the credit card in your name and paid, you did it. So we need to take responsibility, be empowered, and we can attract attract empowered clients. But I would hate if one of my clients felt that way, even if it was because they were being disempowered and not trusting themselves. I create a container where people get to practice trusting themselves for the first time often. So anyway, here's the last thing I want to say, you guys. And this is so important. You're going to get objections. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it get to you, okay? Um, One thing I teach, and I actually have a, a free offer for you guys today, is how to attract the right people. So as I was learning all this sales stuff and hated it, hated every bit of it, hated how it felt and wished, you know, a lot of the time I felt down on myself because I wouldn't implement a lot of it because it was just like, Oh, I hate it. It feels so gross. And then I felt like, you know, do I suck as a client? Am I too scared to do this stuff? But I realized, I, I remember just kind of thinking like, I just wish I could just be attracting people who have the money and are ready to go and are excited and are easy sales. And while I'm learning all this sales stuff, A lot of the time from the same exact coaches, I was learning mindset and I was learning like creating new beliefs and creating affirmations and, and attracting what I wanted and law of attraction and all this really cool stuff that I loved. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just wish I could attract people that have the money and who are ready to go and who are excited and who are easy sales. But I'm being taught with law of attraction, I can. I'm being taught with mindset, I can. I'm being taught with sales, I can't, but I'm being taught with these things, I can. I leaned into that and I I, I came across the fact that I could write posts that attract ready to go people. And while I still do get these objections and I do not let them get to me, I attract tons of people who are easy sales, who are so excited to work with me and who are so empowered and who have the money. And that feels really good. And it's made my business so much easier. And I can now make twenty dollars and $30,000 sales without having to go through a million objections and feel icky. At the most, I have a quick back and forth conversation in Messenger where I hear them out, I tell them my opinion, and they go and figure it out, and they come back as a yes, or they don't come back at all. And that's fine too. I've also I've also made twenty thousand dollars sales. Many of them. Imagine this for a second. Like let's just pause and imagine this. I've made twenty thousand dollars sales where people message me and say, "I need to work with you. Send me the contract." Paid that day in full, <coughs> and that's it. How? My energy and being empowered and shifting my beliefs, but strategically, which is what I know a lot of you want to know. It's writing posts that don't attract the people that don't have the money that don't attract the people that have been burned. Um, and that attract people who have the money and are empowered and are ready to go. And if you want to learn about that, I have a free workshop called more clients, more sales, And it's all about these content shifts that I've implemented over the last few years that have allowed me to do this. So if you want to know the secret to attracting the right people, creating content that speaks to people who are ready to go, you can go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash more sales webinar. You can put that in the show notes too. It's bit.ly slash more sales webinar. You're going to love it. And it's going to teach you how to do this. Okay, you guys. So now you know how to um, handle objections without giving away a ton of time, without giving away all of your energy and while creating space for people to trust themselves and be empowered for what may be the first time ever. And we also know that maybe our focus shouldn't be about overcoming objections. Maybe it should be on attracting the right people. Because that feels so good and is so much easier and saves so much time. And I'll also say that is, again, what gives you the clients who thrive and get results and love working with you and love the experience and aren't on every single call reminding you of how much debt they are in and how scared they are and how worried about money they are, which sucks for you and sucks for them even more. So... (laughs) (laughs) To leave you on a lighter note, I have got to go. Ruby has been sleeping in my arms this whole time, and she's literally so adorable. Um, I just want to remind you guys, if you want to get more content during the week from me, I hope you're loving this podcast, but if you want to follow along even more, go check out my Instagram. It's at underscore the Taylor Lee. Um, I'd love to have you there. And I post cute pictures of Ruby and I post updates every day and we do stories of my day and, um, behind the scenes and a lot of free content and tips as well. So if this was helpful for you, you're going to love following us on Instagram at underscore the Taylor Lee. Okay. Love you guys and talk to you next week. Bye.